0: North-South Connection Podcast Network. Welcome to the Multiverse of Fabulousness. My name is Johnny C. And of course, as you can tell from the music and from the date on your digital calendar, because who really keeps a paper calendar anymore? I mean, seriously, if you keep a paper calendar, why? Anyway, it's the Multiverse of Fabulousness Halloween Edition Grind. HOUSE SPECIAL! So, right off the bat, a very special thank you to JT, the purveyor of the North South Connection Podcast Network, for allowing me to indulge in this what I just called Grind House Special. So today on the docket, we have such a special scenario for all of you. Now much like the legendary horror film Grind House that maybe you have seen or haven't seen, if you're familiar with it, Grind House was actually two shorter movies combined into one presentation that basically nobody saw in the theaters. Well, damn it, we're doing our own Multiverse of Fabulousness Grindhouse edition, which means today you can be on the lookout for two very special Halloween-themed editions of Multiverse of Fabulousness. The first one, well, I want to jump right into it. So, hypothetically, it's expected you listen to this one first, but don't worry. It's not going to really matter. But I do plan on releasing this one first. So, I was digging around the multiverse. That's what we do here. We look for pop culture variants in the multiverse. Uh, perhaps the pop culture variants surround movies, uh, comic books, uh, literature. Uh, no, no, not literature. But also professional wrestling. I have identified Earth-91. An earth where the World Wrestling Federation in the fall of 1991, was very serious about presenting a brand new pay-per-view extravaganza. Of course, here on Earth Prime, they gave us this Tuesday in Texas with one week of build. But, what if? Oh, I should probably not say what if, lest I get sued. But imagine, if you will, an Earth where they actually put the full promotional strength of the World Wrestling Federation behind this and present a spectacular, designed, for Halloween. I travel to that Earth with a little bit of assistance. Yes, each episode will contain a special guest, but I feel the portal closing. So let's hurry up and jump over to Earth 91 for part one of the Grindhouse special. Alright, members of the multiverse. I feel I feel like I have appropriately adjusted to Earth 91 as I'm phased in and I'm looking and Yes! Ladies and gentlemen, joining us here on Earth 91, Keith Langston from the Greetings from Allentown podcast. Keith, how are you, and did you find the uh, traveling accommodations worthwhile?
1: They were as good as you can get, I will be honest. Uh, It was a wonderful—thank you so much for having me on today and for pulling me out of the multiverse into, into Earth 91. It's fantastic to be here. Uh, It brings back so many memories from my 12-year-old self back in 1991, so I'm excited for tonight.
0: All right, so if I suddenly hear a door slam and you're silent, I'll understand what's going on since you're 12. All right, (laughs) very, very very, very good. So, like we've been saying, it's a grindhouse two-parter. Okay, and and here we are, we're on Earth 91 for what we're calling the Spooky Slam. Spooky Slam 91. All right, it's Spooky Slam. You know, you can hear it in your heads. Mm -hmm. Now, the idea here, folks, is that as opposed to this Tuesday in Texas, famously a Tuesday experiment on like December 4th or 3rd or some nonsense like that, the WWF has decided on this Earth to actually announce their Tuesday pay-per-view well in advance and Since I feel like there's so much synergy with actual real-world events, even though it wasn't quite Halloween-themed, Extreme Rules, for example, at least takes place in October when things are spooky. Oh, Halloween Havoc also springs to mind, by the way. (laughs) Um, But it's Tuesday, October 29th, as close as you can get to Halloween, and still living by the Tuesday concept. Now, Keith, here in the Multiverse of Fabulousness, when we book pay-per-views, we always have rules. So... Keith and I have have planned out a pay-per-view spectacular. I've got mine. He's got his. And we're going to r- reveal to you the secrets that we found here on Earth 91 on our independent journeys. But here are the rules. Number one, of course, you can only use the WWF roster that's in place as of the date of the show. So, for example, uh, I-, I had in my notes, uh, like, Lex Luger can't randomly show up. That's not a good example. Like, Sting, you can't. You can't be like, "Hey, Sting's here!" Like, no. That this paper, this planet lives by this rule. Uh, number two, you do not have to stay true to World Wrestling Federation history. You could choose to turn Bret Hart heel, as example, if you wanted to. Mm. Number three, you cannot add any elements that do not gel with the time stream. Remember, it's 1991, so I better not see a tables match on your show. Because after all, that's just going to destroy hyper time completely. Am I wrong?
1: This is true.
0: All right. And, and number four, and most importantly, have fun. Because mm-hmm. that's what we're here for. Now, I don't want to dominate the mic space. However, there is one storyline preface that we have to get out into the multiversal audience. Uh, a change has taken place here on Earth 91. The very first weekend in October, WWF President Jack Tunney made a couple of bombshell announcements and i visited youtube on earth 91 and i am now going to play the clip here in the wwf recently many unique events have transpired the actions of jake the snake roberts have sparked a demand from our fans to see randy macho man savage return to action upon recognizing that this was not possible my offices move forward with plans to excite our fans with a different announcement. This is that announcement. The WWF is pleased to announce a new pay-per-view extravaganza that will take place on October 29th, centered around the Halloween celebration. The show will be called Spooky Slam. Once we had decided upon the announcement of Spooky Slam, WWF officials decided to execute a contractual obligation Ultimate Warrior to appear. It was then discovered that the Ultimate Warrior's contract with the WWF had expired. My team, having thoroughly investigated the paper-based documents surrounding the career ending match at WrestleMania 7, realized the possibility to allow Randy Savage to compete was possible. The signed documents that instituted the arrangements for the match at WrestleMania clearly indicated that the loser of the match would not be eligible for WWF competition because the two combatants could not exist while the other was an active WWF superstar. As the Ultimate Warrior has elected to allow his contract to terminate, effective immediately, the Macho Man is now eligible for Station as an active participant in the World Wrestling Federation. Wow, that was a long clip. I'm sorry. Can you believe Jack Tunney?
1: Jack Tunney. Somebody must have paid him off. That's what I'm wondering right now.
0: It but it's reeks. A, but of all we saying. are
1: lucky, though. We are so lucky that Jack Tunney finally came to his senses and reinstate the Macho Man. It's important that this was necessary to have, especially considering what pay-per-view we're coming
0: up to. Or oh, a
1: ap- premium live event, I guess,
0: right? Yes. Oh, it, it feels premium, let me mm-hmm. tell you. Um, sure. And then, of course, uh, in response to this, the next week on Superstars, Randy Savage had a big return celebration with balloons and shit. And uh, he was attacked by Jake the Snake, and Jake the Snake used a serpent that was hopefully devenomized, and the snake bite thing happened. So there we go. Mm. S- sorry, that's a lot of information. But, you know, obviously, I wanted to be one of my. Well, let's ask you do you have any regrets about the fall of 91 and the whole Jake Savage thing? Like, what are your thoughts on fall of 91 in general?
1: Uh, in general, I think the only full fall of 91, I have no regrets. I think fall of 91 is amazing. Uh, I mean, granted, I didn't like that Sid justice was out with an injury, but it gave us Savage back, which was, which Savage at the time was one of my favorite, if not at the time, my favorite professional wrestler. Um, so I was always excited to see, I think Savage and Jake had a great blood feud, uh, Uh, It could have, I personally think it could have gone on through to WrestleMania 8, and that's something that I've talked about before um, on Greetings from Allentown, is just that they could have gone with a match between the two of them at WrestleMania 8 if Hogan and Flair had had held up, but no, no regrets about none at all. The only, I guess the only regret is it would have been good for Savage to be there for Survivor Series, but I know that that was probably one of the main drivers to get people to order Tuesday in Texas, was that you were seeing Savage come back so that's exciting
0: oh and it's so crazy it boggles my mind so i'm let's see here eight at the time and you know survivor series ends and i told my parents they just announced it like they went for it god love them god love my parents (laughs) but we just kept the cable box i think like but what a risk excuse me sorry one week one week yeah
1: i think that's absolutely
0: yeah, that that's a bit, and of course I've looked at the this Tuesday in Texas. Like I know it's a big long taping, but there were some like warm up matches, and wow, wow, some stuff I really would have liked to see on that pay per view. So I, I do think doing a Halloween pay per view. Obviously, it's how it's the day before Halloween here in the real world. I'm excited as hell. I got all my lights on just in case, but I want to do uh, I want to do Halloween, and I want to do it right, and that's with World Wrestling Federation excitement, a unique brand of excitement in my house. So we need a location. Keith, why don't you start us off? What What did you pick for a location here?
1: Well, I went ahead and I looked at all of 1991 proper, and I was trying to find the best place for a, a spooky slam or a Halloween themed pay-per-view or premium live event. And as best as I could, I went with the Hartford Civic Center, mostly because it was equal enough distance between Sleepy Hollow, New York, and Salem, Massachusetts. And that was just that's and I being from the northeast, being from Boston area, actually attending Salem State College, uh, I can tell you that Salem itself is a fantastic place to be during the Halloween season. However, Salem doesn't have a big enough arena for any events like this. So I couldn't have it in Salem. I didn't want to have it in Sleepy Hollow because they had just had Madison Square Garden with SummerSlam. So I said, All right, where in the Northeast can I pick? That's kind of in between. And I went with the Hartford Civic Center.
0: I, OK, so so much synergy here between you and myself. So <laughs> that was my first pick. But then I erased it because I used it last time when, the, uh, when I did paddle <laughs> <laughs> Um So I wanted like, any town USA. OK, I, my initial thought was I wanted in Illinois to play off of Haddonfield, Illinois, Illinois. Mm. Um, and and then I was like, maybe Jersey to play off Friday the 13th. But I was like, nah, Jersey. When I think of Jersey, I think like city, even though I know Jersey is not all just one giant city like it's Coruscant. However, yeah. uh, I I went with the Market Square Arena in Indianapolis, Indiana, because huh? Indiana feels like that place where you don't expect anything spooky to happen. Unless <laughs> yes. we're talking about like some sort of like uh, taking away of your your human civil rights. Indiana, I can see <laughs> that happening. Yes, Yeah. Uh, and I realize the name Spooky Slam is completely stupid, but but really, I mean, can't you see it? All right, let's call Spooky Slam. Yeah, oh,
1: Spooky. Ah, listen, pal, we're gonna have a great time out there with Spooky Slam. Think of it—we're <laughs> gonna have all of the commentators and the announcers dressing up in outfits. It's gonna be awesome.
0: Forget about it. <laughs> oh, it's this so is good true, shit, pal. It's it's really good shit. Uh, Patterson, take, take some of this good shit. Yeah. Uh, now, here's the thing, though. I love I love that you're 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 basically setting them up so I can knock it down. <laughs> Number two is choose a broadcast team. We'll do this snake style, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. I had a I mean, obviously, everybody had probably has the same idea. I went the road less traveled. I have done a couple of shows uh, in the last couple of months where I watched a lot of superstars and prime time from the early 90s. And one combination I fell in love with isn't available, but half of it is. So we're going Gorilla and straight from the UK. Ah, uh, Gorilla, Lord Alfred Hayes here for um, you. My goodness! <laughs> uh, and it's going to be a Lord Alfred Hayes that's clearly imbibing a little bit as the evening proceeds. Gorilla, thank you for inviting me to Spooky Slam.
1: That's amazing! Oh yeah, no, Lord Alfred Hayes is excellent. Oh, oh listen, have you noticed that there's a lot of things spooky here in this place? I'm not really sure what Indianapolis is, but I'm sure there's gonna be some Indians later on.
0: Oh Will you stop Lord Alfred? I can't uh, I'm,
1: they're not, called- I'm not sure if you know this, but I I'm kind of known for my for my very salty uh, Lord Al, where he talks a lot of sexual positions. So.
0: Oh, I want it. I want it all, but I gotta warn the audience. I mean, there is a mute button on my microphone, but I'm not fast on the trigger. Okay. Uh, I, I am sorry. I also don't know how blue are we gonna work. Are we allowed to go as blue as we want? Oh yeah. <laughs> all no holds are barred here, no even good. though it's not Excellent. Saturdays. No holds are barred here. Uh, but but I need to know, then, who am I going to hear from your side of the pond in Connecticut?
1: Well, there's definitely—I went with half of your squad as well. Um, I kind of—having grown up, my favorites have always been Gorilla and Bobby. Um, and so I went with Gorilla and Bobby. And it's interesting because there was a change I made mid-match or mid-card uh, that we'll get to, and I'll explain it when we get to it, about Bobby— Uh, But, yes, and um, I I believe I was informed that our commentary team is supposed to dress in costume.
0: Yes, yes, they are.
1: I have my costumes as well. I'd like uh, that. For everybody. And so Bobby Heenan, I'll start with first. He's dressed as Dr. Hannibal Lecter from the recently released in February of 91, Silence of the Lambs. And one of the things, one of the reasons why is because much like he lost his bet to Roddy, Piper on on primetime back in 89 and had to dress up as Santa he had lost some debt to Gorilla Monsoon on Wrestling Challenge a few weeks earlier and he was forced to dress as Hannibal Lecter and he has to wear and and Gorilla makes sure that Bobby's aware that if he starts any trouble or does anything or says anything inappropriate if you keep this up I'm going to put that mask on you and put the straitjacket on there
0: So I can't Bobby, hear you I can't what? hear you Monsoon I can't hear you
1: Right. And Gorilla, Gorilla, of course, is he's got a pumpkin outfit on. He looks like a big (laughs) pumpkin, but he didn't paint his face or dye his hair green, which pisses off Bobby. But then he says and Bobby goes, what the hell? He goes, I dyed my hair. He goes, I slicked it back. I even shaved some of it. So it's kind of like a buzz cut going, which is what, you know, Hannibal Lecter looked like. And Gorilla says, you didn't read the fine print. It didn't have to be exact brain. (laughs)
0: <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> um uh, oh well <laughs> I, I love that you went so um just to circle back to the broadcast team i had gorilla and bobby as well and had to change it up mid uh doing because of booking i'll also mention that just wanted to throw in that synergy mm. uh I'm glad that you and I also had him as Hannibal before I changed it. Um, I'm not saying that to be like, oh, I had it too. I'm just saying, like, I love it. I love the <laughs> That's <synergy>. really funny. <laughs> well, here's the kicker. I think you and I both understand that what are they going to do? They're going to grab onto something that's popular and yep. try to milk everything they can out of it. It might be 2021. I'm going say 2022 because Vince is gone. But yeah. 2021, 1991, all the same basic principles apply. Sure. Take something hot and soak it or and milk it until it's dead. Yep. So both of mine are going the, the Hollywood route. Gorilla is wearing the Terminator 2 outfit, which <laughs> which means he's in a, a black T-shirt, a leather coat, and the sunglasses. His sunglasses, I guess, would be, you know. Uh, the, big, the big aviators. <laughs> yes. And then wow. I wanted to get some extra synergy in here. So Lord Alfred Hayes is wearing a, his tuxedo, but on top of it, He's got a comically oversized version of the Suburban Commando armor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, gr- gorilla, I was frozen on this day. I must tell you. That is glorious. <laughs> I
1: didn't even think to include a Hogan Suburban Commando reference. Wow. Oh, that's
0: awesome. I love it. <laughs> well, <clears throat> it, it it's the only time it's going to be relevant in the WWF, 1991. Exactly. Yes. Uh, even though I would say it's it's uh, it's... Maybe Hogan's best, like, of that initial, like, I'm just doing this thing, like, and it's not going to work out, but I'm trying it anyway.
1: I would probably agree. Yeah. Yes. Even though, even though it would seem that No Holds Barred would have been very seamless for him. But, uh, no, that movie's garbage. So, hot garbage.
0: Um, um. Honestly, hot take right now. Streaming content is everything. Uh, would you watch a No Holds Barred remake on Peacock? <laughs> If they like, if WWF or WWE was involved and they had like creative control, like they're like, look, just produce this content for us, please. We need something. Who, who is starring as the Rip character? You know what I smell? Hold on. You know what I smell? I smell mm-hmm. the next episode of the Multiverse of Fabulous. Let's make them pay for it. Okay. <laughs> Good. But, I I'll, but, I agree. But this discussion's happening offline. Now the next yes. one's kind of goofy, but I wanted to choose a ring skirt. I gave three choices. The Spooky Slam logo, which is a black background with orange letters that look just like SummerSlam, so much you think they plagiarized it, and then you realize they can't plagiarize their own shit. Uh, the second one is the WWF logo with some jack-o'-lanterns. The third one is the Spooky Slam logo in a shorter version that has a jack-o'-lantern acting as sort of like the bumper stop. Mm. And uh, I went with the third one. Uh, Because I got to do all things. I want to steal the SummerSlam logo and I want the pumpkin. Well, I went
1: with, so I kind of
0: went with a hybrid of the
1: first. uh, So it's a black ring apron. Spooky Slam is an orange lettering in the shape of the SummerSlam logo. However, the two O's are actually pumpkins. And carved out of the pumpkin is Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage. Uh, So Hulk Hogan's on one, Randy Savage is on the other. And then I put tombstones on the side of both end caps there and one of them says jake the snake Roberts, and the other one says
0: the undertaker um i'm smelling some ultimate brand synergy between the two of us here <laughs> but let's save it for the end i would imagine moving on so the matches that are necessary for this pay-per-view we, we're, what we're going to do is we're going to stick to the tuesday in texas format which is basically your blueprint for in your house The card at Tuesday in Texas had five matches. We have five matches, and it's a shorter uh, presentation. You know, after all, it's a new concept. We don't want to spend all the money for satellite time. But I think our cards, I can already tell folks, would necessitate the need for a sequel to Spooky Slam. But match number one, the concept was, it must be for the Intercontinental Championship. You are allowed to alter history, of course, like we mentioned. Babyface versus Babyface. And a title change is not required. Your choice. Mm. And, and match one, Keith, take it away. <clears throat> so my match, I had a
1: champion, Brett the Hitman Hart, as a face, going up against the big boss man as a face. Ooh, uh, so I like after, that. After winning his Intercontinental title match against Mr. Perfect at WrestleMania 7 by disqualification, the boss man entered his feud with the Mountie. And Brett entered his feud with Perfect, culminating into what happened in SummerSlam. However, the following Saturday's wrestling challenge on the barbershop, Brutus asked the boss man what's next for him, and he said he finally wants to right the wrongs of WrestleMania 7, and he challenges Brett for a shot at the title at Spooky Slam. Brett, ever the fighting champion, agrees, and we're off and running. Now, uh, I also have in there, I mean, I have my results. Do you want me to say that now, or do you want me to wait till you present your match.
0: Oh, uh, that's, that's, I think, um, let's wait until the end. Why not? Let's wait okay, until the end. Good. All right. Uh, all right. So I, I love it. I I think that would, I, I actually think I'm seeing the two of them in the ring and Bossman's still fast, as we know from the rumble 92. And, and I like mm-hmm. it. I like it a lot. Um, I think that it's natural, and uh, one of the one of the fun things I thought about trying to force us to do face versus face is that it challenges them to do something they're not doing in the mid card. I don't know that. I mean, I don't want to say that because it sounds so blanket, but my knowledge is keystoned by pay per views, and I'm trying to think of you know keystone pay per view mid card matches yeah. w- without a title or with a title. With a title, you get more, but not a lot of face versus face. No. So I went similar but different. Bret Hart is coming in and he's defending the Intercontinental Championship against a relative newcomer in the WWF that seems to have many years experience perhaps. Maybe they're they're keeping some sort of secret about themselves. We don't really know. But Bret Hart is defending against a hot young rookie called The Dragon. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. Uh, which also, I mean, I'm not a huge work rate guy and both of these matches like I mean, I'm imagining a lot of fun uh, over on your Earth. I'm imagining fun on mine, but more mm-hmm. centered around like actual wrestling. On yours, I'm thinking more like crazy boss man, power spots, tossing bread around like a pinball, fun stuff.
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, the dragon, I love it. I love it. Too. I love it. I one of the I, I was so disappointed with the with Ricky Steamboat's run in '91 because I remember. Uh, 91 was really when I started getting into watching every week. And I'll tell you, he was unbelievable. I loved Ricky Steamboat. Um, I loved Ricky Steamboat before. I love him afterwards, obviously. But yeah, that Dragon run, I would have loved to have seen him have like a run with the, with the IC belt again. So yes, um, I agree well that, with
0: that. Well, then I can't wait to tell you the finish when it's time. I think oh, you'll enjoy okay. it. Okay. All right. All righty. So how do you see this bad boy ending up over there in in, in Connecticut? Yeah,
1: Connecticut. In Connecticut. Well, we're down here. No, I think um, I actually had time in the match. I put time in the match. I put time limits on everything. Um, it went 21:35. I mean, this was a banger of an opening match. I mean, the way you want to start a pay-per-view, in my opinion, uh, I think Brett wins by pinfall after an excellent back and forth where between the two, each each man plays the face in peril at times uh, while their opponent is playing like the dickish heel. I think that Brett is he kind of snags the boss man in a small package to secure the win. Uh, but yes, very much so power moves from the boss man, uh, but he's still really. Quick. I had that. It's It's funny you brought up that he's quick because I have that in my head. Not 91, 92 era. He was really, really fast. He slimmed down a lot. He was in great shape. He was, he was chasing perfect around at nine, at, at WrestleMania seven. So Bossman was up there with, as far as I was concerned, I think he was one of the fastest guys out in the ring. And of course, Brett could wrestle. Brett could wrestle a broomstick and make an entertaining. But I think that you had some, you had some great power moves. But my biggest thing was that when you have a face versus face, it usually you have to have that. Somebody's got to play the face in peril. Somebody's got to kind of do some heelish moves. And that's where I went with both of them kind of doing some things. You know, Brett's raking the eyes. Bossman's kind of, you know, pulling the turn, buckle pad a little bit to see if he can get it off. Just did some things that were pretty interesting for each other. But at the end, Brett just kind of snugs them in a small package, gets it a little tight. And that's how you kind of end it. And at the end, they shake hands and part as friends
0: yeah, you got to imagine they're going to do the handshake of honor afterwards because you want to keep them both face. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that. no, and and I think that like I say that you've captured, and I don't say this to say that yours is a copy, please. you've you, what i am saying is you've captured that template for what that match we all we can all. What's cool about the way you describe it is we can all see it because we know that that's what they're capable of, and that's the direction they're going to take at the time. We've seen similar things, nothing exactly what you're describing, but that's what makes it feel real in a silly mm. kind of way. You know, I mean, it's, it's realistic, and you know, obviously we're we're fucking around here. But at the same time, it feels like something you could easily, you know, pull, pull up on Peacock and watch. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I like that quite a bit. Um, See, which makes me feel a little bit weird because mine is a li- a bit more fantastical in nature. Um, because I do picture them having a really good sort of classic rest, technical wrestling style match. But as I was going through, I used the survivor series 91, just to sort of get a quick overview of like the roster at the time. Mm. And I think there was a dark match on there and it caught my eye because of one of the competitors. I was like, man, I wish they could be, they were on this show, but I got no place for them uh, cause I'd love to hear Lord Alfred Hayes say, gorilla, I'm looking in the aisle. It's a, it's a Kato. Do you see Kato in the aisle, gorilla? So during the match, Kato or Kato comes down, and the hitman gets a little distracted. Like, hey, what's that guy doing in the oil way? And uh, Dragon rolls him up, holds the tights one, two, three. Just like that. A modern, Ooh. a modern, yes, a modern, often mocked finish, but. In 91, I feel like that was actually enough to get someone. It's like the levels of interference that you need to effectively win a wrestling match increased over time to where in 99, where it was like you have to hit them with a chair and then put them on top of their opponent and make sure the ref doesn't see you here. A, yes. A, I think it's enough. And um, the Dragon takes the Intercontinental title, hugs Kato, and they leave together, and they'll be back sooner than you think. Wow. So wow, so I, I, wanted, I wanted to try to incorporate something throughout the evening. Now, mm-hmm. Kato, don't, Kato, now, don't, uh, you know, it, it seems, well, we'll get there. We will get there. But I also wanted to change history a little bit. And everyone who listens to me knows how much I adore the hip man. So mm. I, I definitely wanted to have him lose.
1: Wow. I, that's amazing, though, that y- you had a heel turn for Ricky Steamboat.
0: Well, I'm a little inspired by um, NWA TNA's attempt to do it by making him a heel GM. But uh, you have the dragon. And the dragon, to me, if you really want to go forward and, and if you're committed, if you're committed to not doing a, a gimmick with Ricky Steamboat where he's just Ricky Steamboat, then you might as well mm-hmm. go all in and go big. The dragon headdress and the breathing fire is the stupid way to do it. I'm going to correct it and do it the right way
1: as we progress to the evening. All right, cuz I be- can see I can see that. I could see I could see Ricky always wanted to be a heel and they told him you can't. They said you can't be a heel. So, I'm on board with this. I'm on board so far.
0: <laughs> Excellent. All right. So we're, we'll we'll snake this thing. Uh, the second match uh, must be a tag title defense, a face mm-hmm. team versus a heel team. This one had a caveat, there must be a title change. And of course, if you were to come in and say, but the champions are not LOD because I changed history, you would explain that. So in My Earth, the match is built as the Legion of Doom versus a mystery team, okay? Because it's spooky, and you want to get those shadow silhouettes in the match graphic, okay, with a big question mark. So the Legion of Doom comes out first as your champions. Gorilla, of course, is appalled by this. Since Jesse's gone, he's got to be the one who's appalled. And Alfred's like, well, Gorilla, to me, it's an indication that whomever has executed the contracts for the challengers must be some sort of a strategic genius. (laughs) Right on cue. Bobby the Brain Heenan comes through the curtain uh, wearing a Halloween costume. Okay. He's dressed as an owl, like an owl with like a monocle, but he's a bird. Okay. <laughs> okay. And right on cue, Alfred says, farewell, gorilla. I stand corrected. And Bobby has a Bobby has a microphone and he says, you see, I, I imagine all you humanoids imagine you would see me on Halloween wearing a different costume. Of course, he says this to start a weasel chant because Bobby's a genius. Hmm. Bobby lets us know he's an owl, the natural predator of the weasel, and that's why he's dressed up like the owl. But why? I is he love here? this. But but why is he here? Well, he's here, you know, because he knew that it wouldn't be a proper celebration without him. Uh, he's been making some changes recently in his family, and he had a uh, he had one more piece of business he had to do before he you know becomes a full time broadcast journalist. Okay, he had a contract. Uh, for a for a superstar, he's entered into a profit sharing contract with this man, and he brings out Master Fuji, mm. and and Master Fuji is now the owner of this man's contract. He'll manage the team day in and day out, and I will just see a profit of the back end. Uh, you know, like he's he's basically saying like I'm going to benefit from all their success, but I'm not managing anymore. You know, just to put it over hard. And uh, the demolition theme starts, and Bobby says, "Behold the powers of pain." they are demolition and the barbarian and crush emerge. Now barbarian is now back to his old powers of pain. Look, crush is still demolition crush, but he's wearing black pants. Like he's kind of dressed up like a power of pain as well, but they both have demolition masks. So you could say they are a hybrid of their identities from the past. Mm. And uh, Devious Mr. Fuji, of course, is their manager. And they come down and the match begins. And that's where I'll pause. Wow. That's
1: a wow. Damn. That's a, you know, I kind of had, it's funny. I sort of went, we really are in sync. Good Lord. Because I had a, I had an original idea about demolition and having them be the team that is, that faces the Nasty Boys, uh, because I have the Nasty Boys still as champions here. Um, okay, and okay. It, there was, there was a reason why, but I liked that, and I, and I had, after WrestleMania, the Nasty Boys, or after WrestleMania, Demolition, they fire Crush, they fire Fuji, and Axe comes back, and Axe and Smash end up challenging them, or Axe and Smash end up challenging them at SummerSlam, and they defeat them at SummerSlam, they, the Nasty Boys defeat the defeat the demolition reunited demolition as um, as faces and they defeat them to continue their dominance. However, I went ahead and I changed it because there's one thing that I always talk about when it comes to SummerSlam 91. And that's how Jimmy Hart put together the natural disasters as an insurance policy to protect the nasty boys. And the first actual defense after the natural disasters have been put together on television that they're together as an t- insurance policy. The nasty boys lose the title.
0: Wow! I forgot. And I always I thought that was, was kind
1: of stupid. I always thought that was dumb. I said that makes no sense. So in my in my world. Um, the Nasty Boys continue their dominance after defeating the Hart Foundation at WrestleMania. However, at SummerSlam, they defeat the Legion of Doom by a disqualification, as the match was never booked as a no count out, no-DQ affair, because the natural disasters who were brought in as an insurance policy interfere and prevent the LOD from winning the titles. So this is the match we have. Now, also, because I wanted to get him in there, the Nasty Boys with Jimmy Hart come down with the natural disasters as their insurance policy. So Legion and Doom needs to find an insurance policy, and who do they get? That's right, the real law and order of the World Wrestling Federation, Sid Justice. The man who is their friend, he ends up ca- captaining a team at Survivor Series with LOD on it. So Sid, Sid Justice comes down and becomes their insurance policy.
0: I love it. And I love that it. it. You know what? It's interesting. The summer or uh, summer goodness, the fall of Sid 91 is always such a mystery to me. Like it's it's clouded in all this smoke. And I, I love because, you know, he gets pulled from. Is that because of an injury that they pull him from Survivor yeah. Series? OK, yes. so that at least mm-hmm. makes sense in my head now. Um, but, yeah, I love the idea of him having another role on a pay-per-view between SummerSlam and the Rumble, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and I like that quite a bit. Quite a bit indeed. And I also love that you altered history. I always like when people try to embrace that shit and go for it. Oh, yeah. All right. So I guess I'll do my finish first since I did my match first. So basically to make a long story short, uh, the the demolition, the new demolition by Brain and Crush try to use the cane against the LOD. They fail. And uh, it looks like the LOD is going to take this one. But suddenly, ah, is that Kato again, Gorilla? Kato emerges <laughs> with another cane. All right, hands it to Fuji. Fuji hands it to the uh, demolition, and they get the hit. Uh, And in this world, they have to pin Hawk, because I'm sure Hawk would love to get pinned on pay-per-view. So uh, we have new tag team champions. Kato comes in to celebrate. Fuji comes in to celebrate. We hear sort of a gong. I'm sorry, it's 1991, guys. What do you want from me? Okay, we hear some. And uh, Fuji instructs everyone in the ring to get down and bow. They do. Out comes the dragon in a suit with the Intercontinental Championship, and we find that the dragon, because isn't the dragon the name for, like, a sweet boss of a Yakuza? Sure. So, so in, in this reality, Ricky Steamboat, we don't want Ricky Simbo, we want the dragon. Fine. Mm-hmm. The dragon is a Yakuza boss, and this is the new Yakuza. Oh, that's a now, fantastic. That's Fantastic. So I just figured that if you're going to, if you, you know, if you have to do the dragon and, you know, I, I realize the sunglasses and the suit is a little attitude era of me, but if it's not that hard to do, it's the, you know, it's the koozie. It's a sharp dressed. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm the dragon. And that's yeah. the thing too. People come and ask him as the dragon, dragon, I need a favor, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, but that's it. I don't want to go too far into it, but that's, that was my idea to, to save the dragons. Well, now don't forget that
1: 1991, 1990- is considered the mini Attitude Era because they were doing a lot of things that were not that were pushing the envelope as far as you know the snake biting incident, locking the warrior in a casket. There was a lot of stuff they had. Vince got attacked with the chair that one time where Piper hit him with the chair because he thought he was swinging at Ric Flair. So there's a lot of great things in '91 that would have fit perfectly in '96, '97, '98. So you're not wrong having Ricky Steamboat. I mean, the Yakuza's been around for a lot longer than uh, just the Attitude Era. So I dig it. I dig it a lot. I'm digging Hail, Rick, Hail Ricky Steamboat. I love
0: it. Yeah, and I just think, too, it gives him an excuse to where he you – know, I mean, I know he's not a great talker, but great. He doesn't have to talk. I mean, he's – I mean, if you were to walk into a room with these guys, number one, I like that they're all sort of crazy and, like, comic booky. y um, mm-hmm. But then, of course, the dragon is in his suit. Uh, mm. I mean, he's the head of the table. I mean, he doesn't really speak unless it's necessary.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: you know, and you're supposed half. to be afraid of him and yes. you know, he can back it up. You know, he can back it up in the ring too. Mm.
1: So I, 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 I went with my ending was uh, pretty, pretty basic. I didn't change too, too much. Uh, the LOD defeat the nasty boys with the doomsday device on Brian knobs. Uh, mostly cause I hate Brian knobs. I just, I, he's a Hogan hack and I hate him and everything about him. And <laughs> I
0: love you know, that. We it's... both use this random fake tag team match to throw shade at one half of a tag team. We don't like <laughs> <laughs>
1: but it's it is true, yes, um and and that's after so Jimmy Hart's motorcycle helmet is used to knock out earthquake and typhoon. um that's by Sid justice, and then afterwards they just you know the l o d beats the nasty boys pretty on pretty handily at fifteen twenty two to to take the championships, and I felt that that was a good natural uh in in. In my other universe, I guess, of my rebooking real 1991, I always said that I think the title change should have took place in between – it's funny we have this in between Survivor Series and SummerSlam. I said it should have taken place either at like a Saturday Night's Main Event or whatever the case was, and I actually wanted a four-on-four. I think I wanted – oh, yes, I had (laughs) – The the Legion of Doom and their tag team partners were the Rockers, but this time the Rockers come out wearing the kids' foam LOD pads, and then they they team up against uh, – or was LOD the champs? They may not have been the champs yet, but they team up against the Natural Disasters and the tag champions, the Nasty Boys, and then I think a Tuesday night in Texas, I think I had – I said that you could have – the Nasty Boys lose to the LOD. But the bigger thing was, that we just wanted to see Shawn Michaels wearing the kids' LOD pads. That's why we had them in that match.
0: Well, it's it's funny. I mean, you've got to do it. The, they did it right. Like, they started the first in your house in May, and they, they did the disc Tuesday in Texas in December. But I feel mm. like, you know, having something around the May time, and then if you commit to that, having something Halloween-themed and you offer a lower price point. You basically do the in your house model. You yeah, could have yeah. every year could have benefited from it because too much happens off camera, pay per view to pay per view. If you're, mm-hmm. of course, now we live in a world where we should be able to watch it all, but we're still not there with Peacock. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> no, nah, not yet. So match three, a little vanilla compared to the first two, but still a good opportunity for creativity. It's a singles match, face versus heel, and I believe it is your turn to go first. Well, it's this is this match is not
1: vanilla. If anything, I would say it is blood hot red feud. Um I went with Ric Flair versus Rowdy Roddy Piper. So this is continuing on with the Ric Flair introduction from SummerSlam. He and Roddy have been in each other's throats all summer long, and now that we move into the fall, this blow off needs to happen.
0: Um it, it I have the same match. <laughs> <laughs> you really? That's oh, crazy. Yeah. No, dude, we needed this on – well, my first note is why did we never get this on pay-per-view? I know it happened to Tuesday in Texas, but uh, seriously, you take off something from Tuesday in Texas, add in Piper Flair, and and give more time to Savage. And uh, uh, Jake, you're looking at an all-time pay-per-view based on that t- those two alone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Well, I mean, I'm yes. an all-time, but I just think that Rick and Rowdy can deliver this cartoonish Saturday morning style of a down-south wrestling match between two guys who hate each other in a blood feud. Mm-hmm. I think they're the guys to do it. So we actually, we
1: actually, uh, so Pete and I on greetings from Allentown, we, we've been going through like summer of 92 and actually, uh, out we're doing, we're going to watch summer slam 92 and review it. And one of the things we often talk about with summer slam 92 is that they didn't use flair except in that main event match between warrior and savage. And it was like, what do you do? And then I looked and I went, oh my God, Piper's there.
0: Because remember, mm-hmm. Piper
1: plays the, plays the bagpipes. I go, why didn't they just have Piper and Flair? I go, they wow. could have just – and it didn't even have to – they didn't even have – you didn't have to even set it up. You could have just had Flair come out like on the prime time before or whatever and bitch and moan that he doesn't have a match on the pay-per-view and just have Piper go, you want to go? Let's go. And then the two of them could go and tear the house down at Wembley Stadium. And it wouldn't even have needed anything more than just Piper coming out and saying like,
0: you want to go? We'll go. I have never even thought about that time period and doing it, but you're right. It makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. And you know, oh, yeah. I do, I do. I was, uh, I was at eight and the, 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 you know, obviously the, the fireworks going off for the, uh, the world title win is the number one thing that I, I can always vividly see in my eyes. But the other mm-hmm. is just the blood coming mm-hmm. out of Brett during that. I love that match. It was fun. Cause I was cheering for Piper and my brother was cheering for Brett Hart. So we had some natural, like, Let's do the same thing. So uh, it was fun. But yeah, I I always forget about Piper after. That's where I was trying to go with that. I I always Mm -hmm. forget about him after until he comes back for like King of the Ring 94. Um, So, man, and having him in front of that huge crowd would have been great, too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I like that more.
1: So I have. So this is where it gets interesting. So this is where I kind of had to change. Um, history a little bit, because what I originally wanted to have with an end with the end of this is have Bobby Heenan interfere. And then I went, you know what, I'm going to change a little history right here. I'm going to kind of do something different and unique. So time of the match I had was 11 minutes, 28 seconds. Ric Flair actually wins. Uh, by because Roddy Piper is passed out while in the figure four. And the reason why this happens is at one point during the match, towards the end, sensational Sherry comes down to ringside and she starts distracting the distracting the referee and she hands Rick Flair some brass knuckles. Now while Sherry is distracting the referee, Teddy Biassi comes out from underneath the ring and he holds Roddy and he lets Rick knock him out. And then Rick puts him in the figure four. And then Virgil comes out and chases away Sensational Sheddy and Ted DiBiase. However, Roddy Piper is unconscious, and the referee just assumes he passed out due to the pain, and he calls for the bell. And that's how the match ends.
0: Man, that is so much better than what I have. <laughs> <laughs> because, but because I love it, because you're here's the thing. We both had, the, I bet, the exact same thought, even though. We have to. We're doing this for fun. It has to feel like something they would actually do to a certain extent. So you sure. booked an over. You know, it's I'm It's not overbooked, but it's like an overbooked finish to sell out that allows Piper to save face. But you're in a corner. Flair has to win. That's my first note. Flair has to win. Yep. Um, whereas I just thought in my head some sort of convoluted situation that uh, has Piper getting counted out. But oh. it's. But it's. But it's clear that Flair set the trap to get him counted out. It wasn't like. A fluke, um, mm-hmm. because because you had to get Flair the victory, like on the show, but you had to also protect Piper because I feel like that's something that just it's Piper's weird. he's always Be-
1: protected. He Piper is was always protected, yeah.
0: And even though Flair is Flair, he's not Flair to them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I feel right. like that's sort of something that they would actually legitimately do, but. I, I mean, I agree. I think yours is better because it incorporates the rest of the roster. And this mm-hmm. match has to happen. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> uh, speaking of having to happen, oh. Keith, I mean, uh, <laughs> we're all in agreement. We had, a uh, Gorilla, I'm uh, some sort of Seababian commando, you see. <laughs> like, uh, we had to do costumes, which yes. means there had to be some sort of gimmick Halloween match, right? Mm-hmm. mm mm-hmm. so, so match number four is a six-man tag team match. We are charged with inventing a Halloween-related gimmick match that is era-appropriate. Three faces versus three heels. <laughs> so I guess we I guess I'll do mine first. I apologize. Yours, yes. <laughs> the trick, the trick-or-treat tag team turmoil, Lord Al. <laughs> wow, the trick-or-treat tag team turmoil, Gorilla. Why wow, a lot of teas? Uh, speaking of which, would you like some tea? Um. <laughs> But, so, it's a six-man tag match. One man from each team begins the match. Every 90 seconds, an official—I feel so stupid reading this out (laughs) loud— every 90 seconds, an official outside the ring will pull a ball from the trick-or-treat pumpkin. (laughs) The ball will either be orange, black, or white. Orange means that the orange team can now send out a member of their team— Black means the black team can send out a member of their team. White is a trick. No one comes out. And this will continue until five balls have been selected. At the end of the ball selection, it would be called something better, I'm sure, pumpkin selection. Uh, You have the full match, and it's kind of like war games. It's like now a finish can happen. Um, And it might be three on one. It might be two on two. It could be one on three. It's all up to the ball selection. All right. So you're either you get a trick and you don't have your full team, or you're treated and maybe you have your full team. Uh, the orange team, Sid Justice and the Rockers. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Taking on the black team, the most random uh, grouping of mid-card heels: Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase, da Mountie and the model Rick Martel. Oh. Okay. Which now, I, I I will pass the mic because Lord knows that took forever. But the reason the three heels are chosen is because I feel like they represent challenge. Uh, well, God, that's not really stupid. But they represent like the type of the good type of guys to sell just a spectacle match. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. it's not so much about why they're together. It's kind of like they're cutting promos. Well, looks like I've been selected to be in the trick or treat match. You know, and the man's back, Well, it looks like I'm in the trick or treat match. Like yes. well, that kind of you know, it's just like. It's something they've been called upon to do. You know what I mean? So, I don't know, but that's my idea for a gimmick in
1: 1991. Oh, you're already leaps and bounds ahead of me. My this was the last match I actually booked and and you can tell because every other match <laughs> had, it was like every other match I had I put thought into it, I put history into it, you know, for some of them I changed history things like that. This one I went yeah, I got to basically just find three friggin' faces and three friggin' heels that I can stuff in th- this match together. And it's also called, oh, now it's time! Brain, are you ready for the trick-or-treat match? And uh, it's called <laughs> a trick-or-treat match. It's not a trick-or-treat tag team turmoil. That's way better. But this is just, we're ready for the trick-or-treat match, Brain! It's basically a bunkhouse match, which they did have those back in 91. So yes, is- they did. So it appropriately. But all the weapons. That are around the ring are Halloween themed So there are weapons around the ring Such as broomsticks uh, Real pumpkins that have been Carved with just regular Pumpkin faces uh, Styrofoam tombstones Perhaps even the ones that you would buy If it was an undertaker but I don't think he was selling them yet Um, I also had silly string Cans of silly string around the ring Toilet paper rolls Uh, (laughs) There's a big tub Full of water with apples in it And of course there were just Bags of candy, fun size candy around.
0: And of course.
1: And my team consisted of three randos. So it is Virgil, El Matador, Tito Santana, and Hacksaw Jim Duggan.
0: And oh, my God. On,
1: <laughs> they're taking on the team of the Mountie with Jimmy Hart,
0: the Repo Man, <laughs> and the Berserker with Mr. Fuji. Oh, but you know what, man? It sounds so correct though (laughs) that's exactly what they would do
1: yeah i think the only thing that both of our matches is missing is the friggin' bushwhackers that's about it
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god well you know what yours you know what's so funny is that i it took me so long to figure out a rational scenario like that would actually happen and i'm creating like orange balls and black balls and shit (laughs) yours is so much more cohesive But it's yours is so much more interesting. Like I would actually I feel like my
1: 12 year old self would have been invested as to what ball was coming out next. Like, I mean, yeah, I was invested with who who, we all ever. Didn't everybody love balls back then? Like when, you know, Uh, you watch bingo and you have to see who what number Ted DiBiase pulled out of the thing for the rumble. I mean, you were always excited when balls were coming out. So.
0: All right. It's so funny. You pulled DiBiase. Uh, trying to fix the rumble because that was one of the first big big things i learned about ted dibiase and as a youth like every time dibiase came out i thought he could have rigged this one though he could have rigged this match and it played into my booking all right are you are you ready for this
1: i am i think so
0: so much like i did with the yakuza i figured if i had something ridiculous i could turn it into something so i will i will try to keep this concise so the heart, first of all, the Heartbreak Kid and Ted DiBiase start this thing, and the partners are back in the locker room. You know, uh, you got to get trick or treat to get a partner out right here. And first of all, I love the idea of seeing Sean with Ted. Uh, so the first segment ends, and the first ball is white. So they just continue. Okay, okay. round two, it's black. So the heel team gets another member. Out comes the model. Mm. All right. Now Shawn Michaels is really starting to be babyface in peril, but he still gets hope comebacks. Like, oh, it's okay, and we know the match can't end. But the idea is, what if what if Shawn never gets a partner? Then they just roll him over and pin him at the at the end of you know when the match starts. What's going to yes. happen? Mm-hmm. So round th- uh, three, it's white. They just continue. Round four, it's black. So we know oh. we know that Shawn Michaels's team. May only get one, if any. We know it for a fact. All right. Now, before the next trick-or-treat ball is pulled, ludicrous sentence, the fight breaks out to the outside. Of course, there's no disqualification. Gorilla, can you be disqualified in Trick-or-Treat Tag Team turmoil? Not uh, at all. Not at all. <laughs> <sighs> I'm going to catch myself.
1: <laughs> Sorry, I just jammed in a Lord a, a gorilla monsoon at you. <laughs>
0: hey, it's it's the best thing I've heard in weeks. All right, <laughs> seriously. So here's the thing: they're fighting on the outside. The Mountie, because the Mountie would be the one to fuck it up for the heels, whips Shawn Michaels accidentally into the pumpkin that pulls the balls. Oh. Now something happens. All the bull balls roll out. And they're all black and white. There's nary an orange ball to be found. Oh, my God. Referee Earl Hebner, I guess it would or would, he be, would have been Dave at the time. It doesn't matter. Referee Hebner notices this because he's trying to admonish the guys on the outside. He's like, where's the orange ones? I mean, you can hear it, right? Mm. And now the camera kind of, at first, the referee pulling the numbers like it's just a referee. But we kind of get a look at him. You know, Lordship, I don't recognize that young man. It's just it's just a referee that we've never seen before. He's not someone, but it's just someone we've never seen before. And Earl would know all the referees. Dave Hedmer gets down and he's like, wait a minute. I don't even recognize you. And all this stuff. And, and you know, all the heels are coming like, what do you want to come up? We got a match to win here. You know, it, it, we can win this thing because uh, the fifth round's over. So all the heels want to win. Yeah. And and the referee knows that they kept the pumpkin container with the balls underneath the ring and they pull it out for the match. He looks where it was. He pulls out a pumpkin. And once you know it, it's all orange balls, all Uh. the ones that were supposed to be in the original. So, of course, he pushes the evil referee and he pulls a ball out and holds it in the air, proudly knowing it's going to be orange. All right. Now, Sid and Marty both run out, and Sid and, and they and Sid kind of stops Marty, but like in a babyface way, like they're running, he's like, Wait, wait, stop, stop, stop. Like he puts his hand out like you would when you're trying to protect someone that, that may or may not have a seatbelt on. Yeah. And Sid's like, he holds up three, like there's three of them, and he like sort of says, I'm this tall and you're this tall. And Marty's like, Okay. Cause you know, strategically, strategically, you want Sid, right? Yeah. Yes. So Sid comes out. I mean, he just throws choke slams. The crowd should be insane. And then he jackknifes uh, the model because you can you you know, you can pin the model Uh, and it's over one, two, three. But here's the kicker in all of this. Shawn Michaels is down. Shawn Michaels wakes up and he sees that Sid Justice has saved him and Marty's just standing in the aisle and he goes up. and He's like, what are you doing, Jack? Mm. I could have gotten my teeth kicked down my throat. You know, that whole thing. Yeah. And and there's sort of friction here and it's fake. So let's just I don't I didn't want to erase the barbershop from history, but this is on Earth ninety one. Shawn Michaels kind of ah takes a step back and then takes a step forward with a reverse crescent kick.
1: <laughs> and and he hits uh,
0: Marty? Yeah, and he hits Marty. <laughs> and, and, we're off uh, and running and th- what well, things are getting spooky. I mean, what else do you want? It's spooky yep. slam. So we're I wanted money. to Yeah. So now And obviously, yes, DiBiase had purchased the fake referee to pull the balls. That's the – if I didn't get that over enough. Oh, yeah. That's what happened. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I think the whole convolution with the balls was I wanted to – because I had to work backwards from I want it to be something DiBiase can rig. So.
1: Yes. That is – that's a fantastic – that's a fantastic play-by-play in a match that is – so goofy because of just what needed to be but that's exactly how it would have been booked 100 percent. the only yeah. thing i would have said is i think i think ted would have paid off earl once again because we know earl's willing to you know earl's willing to do the job that nobody else will do so uh you know i can agree with everything else though is perfect and Sid no. would, Sid's the perfect person to come in and do the save at the end and, and absolutely
0: i love yeah. it. yeah and i figured it was it was re- like the thing was is that I had to get Marty to not be involved, like, you know, obviously because the rules say you sure. can only have two. And I tried to make it like Sid's like, I will save your – I will save your friend, Marty Tannetty. Right. You know? Like, because it- he's justice, right? I mean, oh, I don't know. It's stupid. friend.
1: Yes, be my friend.
0: Yes. <laughs> I love <it. laughs> and That's a thing, too. I-, I like the idea of Sean and Sid being together this early because sure. I love them together. They're ridiculous. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh- like, uh, seriously, I'd take a whole year of Sean and Diesel doing their thing. Like, mm-hmm. I know that that as faces, they're sort of like, I'd rather. But I also love that, like, Sean and Diesel are saying, excuse me, Sean and Sid have this, like, energy. Too. Sure. Like, it's it's weird. Um, It's stupid. But I still enjoy the hell out of it.
1: No, that's fantastic. I mean, and like I said, my match was just, it was thrown together. I I really, I put thought into it, but. I put more thought into the ending, I think, than the uh, actual or the match itself than the actual uh, competitors. But sure. I just have it as like nine minutes, 32 seconds. It's a quick little kind of like spot fest. Jim Duggan ends up hitting the Repo Man after an all out melee. But while the melee is happening, certain things transpire. Uh, Jimmy Hart gets knocked into the tub of water with all the apples. Um, Mr. Fuji gets covered by silly string by Virgil and El Matador. Uh, the Mountie gets wrapped up in all all the toilet paper by the faces and the berserker ends up getting smashed in the face with multiple pumpkins and also all the styrofoam tombstones and broomsticks are broken as they're being used in lieu of steel chairs. And then after the match, um, after the match, the faces just walk around and give all the candy to the kids in the front row. And then they throw it out to the crowd and you know, that kind of thing. But they, they disperse them. They disperse it like Andre giving away big John studs money.
0: And, and, you know, Bobby would be like, those kids don't deserve any candy. And Gorilla would, ha, I love it. Exactly. (laughs) You know, that's just, Uh, yeah. The thing is, is that I want to see it just as much. Like, because I I think it would, like, getting the managers involved, like, it's the, it's like a Saturday Night's main event thing. Like, that's the thing. That's what it feels like that they would do in the 80s for their Halloween episode. And I love it.
1: I kind of felt that. I kind of felt that with, with us having five matches, I pretty much booked three or four serious matches. Like I, each match I booked, I, I, it wasn't really a comedy match. It was like a serious match. And absolutely there was a lot behind like riding on this. So I said, this, this match has to be a total, just a total far. It's like, it's gotta be just the typical comedy match that you get on a pay-per-view. It's one for the kids. It's kind of thing like that, which is why there's no real wrestling. It's just everybody hitting each other with pumpkins and broomsticks and toilet paper and everything. And then it just all ends up being fun at the end because you get three of the nicest guys at the time. You get Virgil, Tito and Hacksaw are all just giving candy out to all the kids around the ringside.
0: And I think it's a proper uh, place to put a match like that before the main event. Because yes. m- my big concern with the with the match was that I knew that it would be... Well, I'm not saying this because I booked it, but like it's designed to be a hot angle, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So I was afraid that uh, I couldn't have a heel team that really meant anything. And even mm-hmm. even though the Rockers are cool, like, them splitting up is big, but they're a low... I mean, at this point, they're at the end of their run as a tag team. Oh, and yeah. Sid's someone you just want to keep on TV. So I was okay. like... It doesn't overshadow the main. Well, the main event is, is insane. It can't. This main event is not possible to be overshadowed, <laughs> in my opinion. But anyway, so I went first on. Oh wait. Well, this one, I'll I'll still let you do your main event first. Uh, but I forgot we had a. I had scheduled. There's an interview segment here. Yes. Mean Mean Gene will interview the winner of match three. Now it's Mean Gene's first appearance, and literally I only did this to get him on camera dressed as a hot dog. But we. <laughs> You you were supposed to pick a costume for Mean Gene, but my Mean Gene is a hot dog with a hot scoop. Call the hot line. Meanwhile, uh, Keith, I need to know what's Mean Gene wearing.
1: Oh boy, so I have Mean Gene. Mean Gene is dressed up in your typical Dracula outfit. He's oh, got yes. the he's got the he's got the grease back hair. You know he's wearing the cape. He's got the he starts off with the with the teeth in his mouth. Uh, Bobby makes a joke about, you know, Gene not getting to the tanning boot this week because he kind of has pale complexion because he put a little, little bit of white paint on his face, you know. But Gene's dressed up as Dracula. And for this interview segment here in the backs in the back area.
0: And, and and it's supposed to be with the winner of match three. So you book and we both book Ric Flair. So you Ric Flair is walking into being Gene dressed like Dracula. And I'm sure he's going to make fun of him. Um, You know what? He uh, It doesn't even get
1: that far. So I actually wrote this promo out, and I will perform it if you want, as the characters involved.
0: I wanted it yesterday. Okay. Yes, I do.
1: <laughs> Gentlemen, standing by with me is far, by far and away the dirtiest player in the game, the nature boy, Ric Flair. Mr. Flair, you should be ashamed of yourself for what you did to Roddy Roddy Piper. And what are you doing with this man and this woman, the Million Dollar Man and Ted DiBiase and the sensational Sherry? I'm appalled right now. Please, someone. Explain yourselves. (laughs) You know me, Gene, I always knew this man knew what he was doing in the ring, but it's always good to have an insurance policy. Piper, you think you have all the answers, but here's one you don't. Rick and I have formed the best partnership of all, money, power, brains, and brawn, and we want to take somebody out, we do it in style. (laughs) Now, Piper, you go cry into your skirt, and next time I see you, I'll put you where you belong, in the. Gutter. (laughs) That's right, Teddy. And now that I will be Ricky's manager, there's nothing or no one to stop him. Isn't that right, slick Rick? That's right, Sherry, baby. Piper! I am thrilled to be done with you, man. And as I say this, I'm brushing the dust off of my shoulders. You tried to walk the aisle with me, but you got hurt. And now you have an even bigger problem with my main million dollar man. But I have bigger sights set! On that piece of garbage you all call the WWF World Heavyweight Champion. Hulk Hogan, big man, I'm calling you out. Survivor Series, Detroit, Michigan, Joe Louis Arena, you, me, title on the line. No one will save you now. I will take you out and leave you for the buzzards. I am the greatest professional wrestler alive today. And at the Survivor Series, I'm going to take you apart piece by piece and take from you what you love so much the world wrestling federation title
0: Woo! longfellow couldn't have said it better
1: (laughs) well longfellow wasn't saying it because mean jeans just appalled right now
0: (laughs) um i'm like i'm I had like a couple of strokes holding in my laughter because again, I said, I, I warned the fans that like my mute button is, is around, but I'm not prone to press it. Okay. So I just, I'm, 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 I'm blown away. I'm so entertained. I love that. That's, that's the best thing I've ever heard in my life. Um, Because it's, because here's the thing, man, it's, it's so on brand. It's so in line with that, with exactly what would have happened. And, um, your your mannerisms with dibiasi your speech patterns your um your non sequiturs your what what are those things that they're called verbal tics not like in a in a way like yes is you had it you you sort of laughed and pivoted and i could see the camera cut to the other angle as dibiasi pivoted facing it like it's <laughs> in fucking saying
1: <laughs> well hey, these are these, this is my bread and butter this era <laughs> this is what i was born and raised on
0: and um, so <laughs> mine is so funny compared to yours. It's Flair challenges Hogan to him. I'm going to read this like uh, a, a disgruntled Billy Madison. Uh, Flair challenges Hogan to four on four in Survivor Series. He's confident he can find three brilliant gems that shine like the diamond that is the real world's champion. That's the equivalent of Eric drinks his own pee, by the way, from Billy <laughs> Madison to what I've just read. Uh, I love it, though. I love it. <laughs> And if he was going to form his own four horsemen, but I didn't go as far as to book because that's a whole other show.
1: Yes, I, I. And that was one of the things as I thought of is, do I book something where Flair and DiBiase begin? And then I went, no. You know what? As much as I love Flair and as much as I love Flair with Perfect and Heenan, I just to me it was like Sherry would have been a natural fit, and so would Ted. And I think Ted and Sherry would have been perfect with him. And that's what I went with because it that's it was just you know and Sherry was and Sherry ended up managing them anyway in WCW for a little bit so it worked out Right.
0: And her and DiBiase weren't doing a damn thing for anything.
1: No. No. Wow, I love it. Feuding with they were feuding with Tito of all people, like seriously? Absolutely.
0: <laughs> now I I want I want that promo to live with us, but I feel I must move forward with yeah. match number 5, which is mm-hmm. <laughs> So my notes were it's a tag team match that should justify the existence of the entire pay-per-view, I believe. But and if we have, it just goes to show how much we love it. Did we book the same match?
1: I think we did. I mean,
0: Uh, okay. now listening,
1: listening to the fact that none of these other competitors have been listed at
0: all it would be almost uncanny for you to have left them off. So absolutely. And they, uh, then they adjourn your spooky slam aprons. So here's the thing. Here's the, here's the only real question. Were you able to find a name for mega that goes with the heels? No. And I will tell you why. Okay.
1: Because it is the WWF world heavyweight champion Hulk Hogan and, and the newly reinstated macho man, Randy Savage with Mrs. Elizabeth Macho. Mrs. Elizabeth Macho.
0: Mrs. But, Macho.
1: But there is no mention at all of them being in the Mega Power, since we all know Vince McMahon does not like pulling things from the past unless it's WrestleMania season.
0: Oh, man. See, you're right. That's the thing. OK, continue, and of course, please. And
1: of course, they're fighting the unstoppable demonic team of The Undertaker with Paul Bearer and Jake the Snake Roberts.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we booked the same thing. So, but, but here's the thing. This is the only thing to book. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's not the only yeah. thing given the caveat was it had to be a tag team. I specifically made that caveat to see if we would book this match. Uh, so it was a sociological experiment. I'm just going to interject uh, because mine deviates a little from yours. It's the exact same thing. But I, see, I felt that it was too powerful to not recognize. Okay. I felt I felt like Vince would because I feel like there's money to be made. That we see it with DX, and this was a lot of this. It wasn't inspired by. I was about to say there's a DX reunion like tomorrow night. Uh, spoiler alert: we're recording this thing not on Halloween. Oh, you're all shocked. Uh, but like playing off of the brand recognition mm. is you know Vince would feel compelled to do mega powers. I thought. Um,
1: and he did like. They had the ultimate maniacs. They had, that's the, mega, the thing. They had the mega maniacs. I mean, they did try to go back to the well with those kind of like super team names. I just, to me, it was just, I just couldn't. I, and, and it's because I didn't want to lead it with, it's a reunion of the mega powers. And we all know what happens then, because I'm in my mindset now where Savage is the ultimate baby face and he's never, and there is no nonsense with Savage and Elizabeth and Hogan. Like there's nothing, like anything that happened in '88, and you know, so that's why I didn't go with it. But no, and mine a, is a, It was a tough. <laughs> it was a tough pill to not t- to swallow.
0: And mine was sort of a like I don't want to call it a, like one night only, but it was sort of said like it was it would sort of be booked in a way that it was like it was out of necessity, like more than we're back and we're better than ever. Like we're here, and you know, it, it's it's like we're the. They, it's like the last thing they say is you know. Here we are, one more. T- it's like they say, like one more time the mega yeah. powers, yeah, one yeah, more yeah. time the mega powers, and do the handshake, uh, indicating that when this is done, they're free to go there. You know, because I do, I don't want them linked, but I thought it also sells this pay per view that you weren't expecting to buy. Yeah, and I, I did call I'm, J- I'm Jake. I don't know what the name is. <laughs> so, oh Jesus, name? this was well, this was ridiculously difficult because I didn't want it to be so ridiculous that it made them not like. Bad guy, he like you know, because they're good heels, like, like they're you know, I didn't want to make it cartoonish, huh, But I'm, I'm afraid I feared too cartoonish. They're the mega low maniacs, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> now, I also thought that since it was Halloween, the mega powers, since it was their last time together or one more yeah. time, would play yeah. with their presentation. Yeah, they would come out. Their, their theme music would be like a mashup. It would start with the Macho Man, the until it like peaks like the first what ten seconds of Pomp and Circumstance, mm-hmm. and then it would drop right into real American. Mm-hmm. But Hulk Hogan would come out dressed like wearing the the hat, the Macho Man cowboy hat with the Macho Man glasses and the Macho Man jacket, and Savage would come down in just like a Hulk rules like a oh, feeder style shirt and the bandana and and his old school huge sunglasses that were like strapped around the head yep and uh you know but you know they would get halfway down the aisle and throw the stuff down and rip their shirts and sprint into the ring you are giving so much credit that Hogan would ever do
1: anything that would overshadow Hulk Hogan I mean I can't imagine Hogan ever dressing up like anybody other than himself in fact I would even say that Hogan would have come out wearing a Hogan outfit <laughs> like he so, would have worn a Hogan he would have worn a Hogan costume over his Hulk Hogan regular costume and Savage would have come out with the Hulk Hogan costume.
0: So I I agree. I agree with you. My say my mental saving grace was that you have this segment with Flair right before this challenging Hogan. So Hogan knows his trajectory is higher than Savage's at the end of this thing. And yeah, yeah. He's thinking of the merchandise sales for that mega powers t-shirt until it sells out and the pay-per-view numbers. Oh, all right. I agree. Because, I mean, because that's the you're thing is good points. Hogan, you know? Hogan is a, the reason I'm not justifying, please. I'm not trying to justify, but I do think there's a rational business person in there and some things are too good to pass up. <laughs> there's a rational person in there somewhere. Well, I think so. At least, you know, someone, <laughs> someone that would, I mean, cause seriously, like there's a certain point where you, have to take the it's like the same reason these mcu actors sign, agree to like a 10-year contract because they know they'll yep. make so much goddamn money they can do the stuff they want to do yep um i see no shame in that mm. all right but anyway I'm on board. all right um Oh gosh, I, I just I, I'm so excited the sociological spare worked out. But now it's your t- it's your turn to go. I know that what you have will overshadow mine, but I love it. I want it and I need it. I, it's more so that I want it. I think I need it.
1: Well, so I have the I have the match going 12 minutes 56 seconds. Um, Savage pins Roberts with the flying elbow smash, which I think everybody wanted. Um, but the reason is is Hulk is on the outside of the ring with the Undertaker fighting in the aisles because Paul Barra... He- Savage with the urn to knock him out temporarily, and Hulk turns around and chases Paul barra and the Undertaker follows. So they're out in the ring, kinda similar to SummerSlam ninety one, but they're out in the ring, they're outside the ring in the aisle, beating each other up. Hogan knocks the two of them out. After the match, Hogan comes in, he rejoins Savage and Liz, pomp and circumstances playing across the arena, and they shake hands in an eerily simmer fashion similar fashion as they did back in October of 87 at the Saturday night's main event. And that's how we close the show.
0: Oh, that is great. I, I see. I like yours, too, because it's more it's a more it's funny because it's a more adult presentation of the same idea I want to convey. And I, and I say that like, it's the more mature way to handle it. It's the more like modern way to handle it. It's like, if, it's a difference between making, like if you tell me you're making a Superman movie in the eighties versus you're making a Superman movie. Now there's an Mm -hmm. automatic level of, okay, we have to do this right built into it. And we have to make sure it it's updated and more modern. Like we cannot make a shitty movie because everything depends on it yours is a version of we want to do the mega powers but we can't do that because that's the cheesy way to do it
1: Mm.
0: so that's sort of what i'm saying like you you you've done it in a more intelligent a more nolan-esque way Mm -hmm. thank you absolutely Uh, and i I like that let's hear it okay so and i can't believe i forgot to mention this part of the one night only thing with savage was that Hogan would come out after Savage a recovered from the snake bite and be like, "Look, dude. There's a couple of guys who got you in their sights. And and I see these these people out here. They respect you, Macho. But sometimes I'm still a little worried, dude. I'm worried that inside you're more like an evil tyrant, more like a king instead of a man, man." <laughs> and Savage would be Savage would be like, "I'm a man." And be like, well, we'll see, dude. We'll see at the pay-per-view, dude. But I'm willing. I'm willing to put my name and and help you out. So Savage was. And so now that puts in the fans' mind, okay, Savage has reformed. We know this, but you're putting him mm. two in two inches away from Hulk Hogan, yeah, one of his mortal enemies. Yes. So this is so this is why the finish is booked this way on okay. my earth. Okay. Okay. So uh, let's see here. Oh, Savage. And so I also want to do Savage and Jake. So they wrestled the first seven minutes of this 10 minute match. Just the two of them. Yeah. Eventually hot tags are made and Hogan and Undertaker go at it only for a little bit because we're not ready for them to touch yet. Really. Mm -hmm. All hell breaks loose. The referee is down. The Undertaker is clotheslined over the top rope by Hogan. And he's kind of there in the aisle like Jake. Jake is coming up right behind Hogan with a chair. Savage has been down, but he sees Jake approaching, and kind of like a Secret Service agent, dives in front of the chair and takes it to solidify that he is a baby face. (laughs) That he is a man. (laughs) Right. And he would roll out of the ring right at the feet of the Undertaker, which would make the Undertaker want to pick him up and start hitting him as opposed to look and pay attention to the ring. Hogan, of course, sees the Savage, took the bullet for him, sees Jake standing there after he's dropped the chair, and dude, you know, and, and big boot, big bootleg drop. I mean, we've seen it a (laughs) hundred times, but that allows, that allows Hogan to pin Jake, which would also be something that I'm sure he'd be happy to do. Beat the guy that Savage is going to beat before he does. Yep, yep. And and you protect Taker and Hogan, you keep them away from each other because I think both of us are moving away from the gravest challenge, which means we can sell it later. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that's sort of the idea. Now we can trust, now we know we can trust him and, you know i'll be here in your corner dude if you need it but i got i got i got i got to make food for brook T, dude i'll see you i'll see you at Survivor Series, dude you know and they and they kind of go their ways
1: uh i love i love it too because you're you're bringing back when you're bringing back like savage dropping the elbow on hogan and wcw to like wake him up yes <laughs> that one that one match they were in or oh I always my said it's, God. The, it's the biggest piece of sh- ever like he drops an elbow and on him to wake him up but he wakes him up nonetheless i love it so
0: it's kind of genius in a way like in a way like yeah it's kind of genius but i get it uh yeah Yeah. i just wanted that and i wanted to keep some edge because you know it is called spooky like there's you risk here of, of because it's halloween and we both booked the same match did you worry at all about it being considered schlockish instead of like bloodthirsty
1: Uh, no. And the reason why is because much like when they used to do the theme Saturday night's main events, it it seemed like even though there might've been, and I mean, we had it, I, you know, I had it in here with that, with that, uh, trick or treat match. You kind of have like that goofy match that it's more for comedy. But then again, like I said, I had four other matches, at least even before the main event, I had three other matches Plus a promo that were really serious, you know, and and didn't kind of go with anything more than the fact that like Mean Gene is wearing a Dracula outfit. And, you know, it's the the name of the pay-per-view itself is kind of goofy. But what I wanted is I wanted that main event to be serious. It was I was looking at it as the point of selling it for Savage, um, but I wanted to get Hogan on the card. Jake and the Undertaker had been a pair to to reckon with for the whole time. If I didn't really want Hogan on it, I could have gone with, like, Sid and Randy Savage. But mm, you got to have Hogan on the pay-per-view. And especially a champion Hogan not defending his title and being in a tag match in the main event, that's just, you know, that's par for the course for Hulk Hogan. So I didn't feel like I was going to be anything, do anything, you know, schlocky or anything like that. I, I took it very seriously. And uh, as goofy as the pay-per-view was, I took it seriously. And, no, I, I mean, did absolutely. you did you feel that
0: way, too? Or did well, you feel no. that way, or? My concern was was uh specifically only ironically surrounding Jake Taker and Savage because that's one of my fondest things about ninety one I mean obviously for good reason, but it's something that we all remember and latch on to as a sight of like, oh, this will be things to come someday, you know this this sort of sets a a path for what it could be when we get older, and I didn't want to take that away from actual history and schlock it up. You know what I mean? And like, like mm-hmm. when you say it's J- Jake has a snake beat bite Randy, it's like, that's really goofy, but they do it so well. And it's still kind of goofy, but it, it, you know, it's like, I wanted to maintain something that would be worthy of the time period or which worthy mm-hmm. of a big event. And that's why I went mega powers and worked myself backwards. So, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I figured that, it's going to be different anyway. You might as well give it a big blow off. And even if they never teamed up again, like let's just say yours, that yours is real. Mine is real. It doesn't matter. Like people would remember it because mm-hmm. it's, they got back together and reunited even you know, just for one match in WWF, Absolutely. like it's a capper to I mean, their story.
1: <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I mean, people went nuts when they teamed back up in WCW. So yeah, I could agree.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I just, but I love that we got to the same, we had, we had two <laughs> matches and it's funny because to me it was like, I bet, they're the ones that are the easiest to course correct. not course correct history, but if you're given the opportunity to book a singles match on a pay per view like this, Piper and Flair is like your go-to. So I yeah. knew we'd I I knew we'd pick it. I was confident, but I wasn't so much about the the mega powers. And we got there, and it was spooky. There was a lot of spookiness on here. Some collusion, if you will. Okay, <laughs> Gorilla, do you think do you think they spoke before the event, Gorilla? It seems early coincidental i well i will say no i will
1: i will defend you to the i will defend you to the death on this you told me specifically do not send me your list i want to be surprised so no as much as i as much as i pull back the curtain as much as you want there was no collusion this is a this was a fair and honest election
0: (laughs) oh yes and i forgot now that we've gotten to the main event i didn't want to spoil this when we did all the cities back then but i thought it would be fun to have this take place in the same arena that the main event took place in oh yes which is my uh the main event is my f- and i have to i don't mean to make this sound like something a McMahon would say but i always want to get it right it's my favorite filmed professional wrestling event in history mm. like it's the it's the best to me it's it's the best way to use the minutes you have and put on yep. content that's worthy of those minutes and worthy of the time frame and worthy mm-hmm. of the storyline you're trying to produce. And to me, that's it. It is the mm. best show that's ever been produced. Mm. Absolutely. Minute to minute. like every, mm-hmm. And I'm talking like minute to minute. Like I did a show on in the Aqua Cave where I tracked like, okay, the first 40 seconds they used was Randy Savage cutting a promo, honky talking, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm not trying to sell this shit. I'm just saying like I went that deep into it. It's, it's, I think it's that good. So Marcus Square. Yeah. The Pacers go Reggie, I guess. I don't know. Does he play anymore? Reggie Miller? Oh, Not much of a sports guy.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's true. I forgot that that was that's that's right. That is where the
0: main event took place. Wow. That's incredible. So, yeah. And, you know, it's Jack Tunney booked this thing, too. All the all the rules were in place like he <laughs> it was. Uh, we we tried to do everything we could to make this seem as realistic as possible. You know, mm. so, I mean, you know, for, for the shits of it, you know, because you got to. You gotta make it seem like it could happen. But oh no, I feel I feel some sort of strange thing in my in my oh, I just been drinking, gorilla. But I feel I feel a pull back to Earth Prime. So before we travel back to Earth Prime, I need to know. The obviously the people on the show want to hear more of you. Because I want to hear more of you. I want to hear Ted DiBiase's mannerisms as frequently as possible, and I feel <laughs> like I could probably hear that somewhere. And I want you to tell me every place that I can. And I want you to, <laughs> I want you to sell like your life depends on it, Bischoff.
1: Well, so you can always catch me on uh, Greetings from Allentown. It's GFA Live. Uh, that's on SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, Spotify, any other podcast uh, podcast or app. Um, it's GFA Live with Pete, and uh, we. It's pretty much the only show that Pete does now is with me is with GFA. Like I said, we have been uh we've been cruising through summer of 92. Um we finished up we we started off doing different kind of shows all over the place, but then we kind of started settling down on doing some shows, then kind of leading up to like a big event and then we watch the event and then we kind of move on. So actually coming out um It'll already be out by the time this airs, but we would have done SummerSlam 92 uh, in Wembley Stadium. And by the time this show comes out, I think we're going to be traveling back to like, I think we're going to go back around fall of 88. So after SummerSlam 88, because we're both huge fans of Survivor Series 88. So I think we're going to kind of do, we're going to watch the weekly TVs of. Uh fall summer and fall of eighty eight up to Survivor series. And then who knows? We'll probably go to we're gonna try to go to WCW, I think, after that. But we do we do all over the place. Um I'm also you can also catch me on the Place to Be podcast. It was episode six eleven. It was the Saturday night's main event from August of two thousand and eight. It was the final Saturday night's main event that the WWE did. Uh the show itself is garbage. But the show podcast that we reviewed is fantastic. If I do say so myself, it was excellent. And it was actually my first appearance on there covering for Pete. So Um, and then on the North South Connection, which this show is is proudly on, um, I will be with the Jenny position on Freak Out Drive-In. And then also, what are you guys doing?
0: Well, I don't know if I. uh, Yeah, because this will be air. This will air on Halloween. So you both yeah, have already released so it, it right? Yeah, so we would have already
1: been on. Um, yeah, we're, we watched the movie. We watched, we watched the cinematic masterpiece from 1982, *Basket Case*.
0: Ooh. Have you ever seen *Basket Case*? I, I have not in a while, but I have seen it, and uh, that's. I, I love. I mean, everybody's got a, like October th- stuff going on, you know, and, and mm-hmm. I love. I love all the. It brings it all back. Uh, yep. Uh, I'm going to listen to that for certain. That sounds fantastic.
1: So freak out driving with the Jenny position, Jenny, Jenny and I have actually, Jenny might've been on like every podcast together so far. It's really funny, but uh, no, she's uh, she was excellent and it was a great show. And it was, it was a, she asked me to recommend a movie and I said, what about basket case? And she went, Oh my God, I haven't seen that since I think I first saw it. So we watched it and it was, it was a wild ride. And then uh, lastly, I was, uh, I did an episode of making Mount Rushmore. Um, where we did 2000, we we did the top four or the Mount Rushmore of comedies and action movies from the years 2000 and 2009, and uh, that was a that was a spirited debate on that as well. So, and that's kind of wow. where you can catch me for now. And then always you can always reach me on Twitter. It's flounder824. And uh, by all means, you know, throw on there, follow me. I always put. I'm always usually chatting with you know some of the fans of GFA live and I try to put out some
0: other stuff as well so No everybody go follow right now and subscribe because uh I, I, are we going to get we get the impressions there right? I mean obviously we we know that the mind is there but that we also get the fun impressions cuz I'm just
1: Oh yeah oh I, mean, I I my Lord Al is Lord Al is the big thing about Lord Al is he's got a very dirty mind. Um, I, I guess Lord Al, is a, Lord Al is the master of sexual positions. So, Oh you know, Gene, I always know exactly what to do with my wife on our anniversary evening. Sometimes she performs a blumpkin and sometimes I perform a rusty trombone. So, you know, there's always Lord Al knows all the sexual positions. Um, we have conspiracy theory, Jesse, the body Ventura. You know, I don't know if you know this, but a lot of people don't know that i'm the only wrestler who gets a check from vince mcmahon still to this day and so you know conspiracy theory jesse's always there uh teddy biasi will show up um you know we we got we got them all over there we got them all
0: that's great it's probably too early for sleazy film director kevin nash but i hope you get there someday (laughs) he's one of he's one of my favorites um so yeah, but yes, I I thank you so much for coming us. This has been so much fun. I don't want it to end. Like but it has to. But we will be back someday in the future cuz I on the way here I got so, I got lost on some earth where they were making suburban commando and then I just I want to go back there, but I need a friend to go I, with I, me. I'll jump in the uh the spaceship or the
1: multiverse, you know, the uh what do we call it? The uh the police box and we'll there go, go on the police box and we'll travel around
0: but remember, this is just phase one of the Grindhouse, so make sure you keep your eye on the feed for the next portion of the Grindhouse double feature here with the Multiverse of Fabulousness. It's going to be Slasher Slam. Whoa, whoa, what the fuck is that? You're just going to have to tune in. You're going to have to subscribe to South Connection Podcast Network and listen to all the evergreen content. And uh, Mr. Langston... I will see you uh, the next time we get together. I've got to travel to another Earth. I'll send you back to back home so you can, uh, you know, do some shit. Maybe uh, take out the garbage or something. That's fun stuff to do.
1: <laughs> sounds, sounds like a plan. Thank you very much.
0: All right. We'll see you next time. And like I said, keep your eye out for the Slasher Slam.